Hello and welcome to Bluebells Forever, a podcast with interviews of Bluebell dancers past and present. Join Sherry Lewis, a Bluebell herself, as she leads us on a journey through story and experience. And now here's Sherry. I am back with Kate Matthews. Hello, Kate. Hello. Because we, I should look at the date of your first one, but it was pretty early on, I think, when I started Bluebells Forever when we were all in quarantine. And then I really wanted to reconnect with you because you, actually, let's do a little recap of what you did, because I've actually been transcribing all these interviews into text to put in a book form. And so you have to kind of edit things out all the times I say like, (laughs) and the weird questions that go sideways. But the focus I did on yours was you being a replacement for two different shows, two big shows, while you were also doing another show. So I will will tell people how to link to that one, but maybe a good recap of just how yours is very different story of dancing at the Lido than than a lot of people. Yeah, so I came to Paris back to Paris in 2013 to join Bonner and that was the long-term CDD and then I didn't originally get the new show Paris Mauvais but then they got me in like a month or two after it opened to replace um, which I did for a long time and then at the same time so while I didn't get the new show at the Lido I went back to Moulin where I had first started out and so I was replacing at the Moulin. And then I also got a job at Cirque d'Hiver, which is a winter circus in Paris. So I was kind of juggling the three of them and yeah, spending my time between the three of them. That, that part blew me away. I can't imagine, because I know about a swing, that, that just keeping that straight would, would be a lot. And for some people, they love that. And there's, I think, certain personalities and brains that love that. They're not doing the same thing. Yeah. But to do two shows, and to be doing something else, even two shows sounds challenging, but then when you added a third, like, how does your brain keep this all straight? But for you, is that, that's something that you thrive in that keeps things fresh or was that pushing it a bit? Uh, no, I, I really enjoy it. And yeah, as you said, it keeps things fresh and new and there's no, bo- there's definitely no boredom. <laughs> for sure. right. um, and like the Moulin show is, in my head from when I first did it in 2007 so that's kind of ingrained in your body from doing two shows a night six nights a week so that was in there it came back really quickly and yeah I think I have the kind of brain that picks things up quickly and so I yeah just enjoy it and I think that was something too because you didn't do Perry Mervais before you came as, as a replacement so that wasn't in your body from doing it two shows a night that was something you learned to be to come into his replacement that part feels a little bit harder to me I don't know what yeah. it's like for you yeah so they started me just on one track and then you know I'm sure you know um dancers get injured or sick and quickly it's like oh we don't have anyone for that space and then they quickly teach you a new spot and then another spot and then before you know it you just know all the spots <laughs> and then they can wow. put you in anywhere yeah Oh, I had a question. And I oh, so because they have the swings, which I think everybody that listens to this podcast now knows what a swing is. When I first started, like, what's a swing for people that were not in this world to know what a swing is? But they have the swings, and then if the swing can't do it, then the replacement comes in. If they're just short, because the swings can't swing everything, you got two girls out. 
Is that, when yeah, does replacement I, actually get caught? What do, what are they needed for? Like, when does it get to that part? Um, so the, the swings in the show generally work if someone's on holiday and they, things like that. A replacement is called if someone is sick or injured or if they want an extra day, a girl wants an, an extra day. Um, some replacements just learn one track and they do that track. And then the person whose track they do swings and does a different spot. Or then other replacements like me and there's a couple of other girls know all the spots that we just thrown in wherever we needed. Well, how many days a week? Like, was it was it pretty even? I think we did this in the other interview too. So I was curious, is it even between the Mulan and the Lido of where you're needed mo most or how? And then how often um, in a week are you, go are you actually getting to dance? Um, it was more varied. I was at Mulan for a period more of a period of time and then the way the leader works they work more in advance so I would be getting dates in advance but I can say yes to it the leader whereas the Mulan works more on the night someone's called in sick can you work tonight but I had so many dates at the leader that I wasn't I could couldn't say yes to both so yeah I ended up more at the leader than the Mulan but I don't do Mulan anymore okay yeah. Wow. And then when I, I've come to Paris twice this year, I came in April and I came in just a few weeks, two weeks ago. And I wanted to come see you in Bordeaux because that really got me excited that there are smaller cabarets because I didn't know there were so many things. I only, only hear of the Lido and the Moulin Rouge as far as, you know, people posting and promotions and all that. So I was happy to know there was way more out there and learned about Germany and Spain and all these so both times, the first time in April, I just couldn't get there. Our schedule was so packed. And then this time the, sh the show's done for the summer, but I really wanted to come see that. So that, that just closed for the summer. Yeah. Were you doing that? And as a replacement, just stay, like, like, were you a regular in the one in Bordeaux? And then if it worked on the other nights, you could go in as a replacement. Yeah, exactly. So I was doing every Friday, Saturday in Bordeaux. Like it was my spot, my place. And then if I was free, I would work at the Lido if, when I was in Paris. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then when you go on holiday, you're on holiday and no one gets a hold of you and you're like having your own time, right? <laughs> There's a little boundary. Yeah. So you're not just going in and you're having a great time somewhere else and you have to go pop in. Yeah, no, when I'm on holiday, I'm on holiday. <laughs> so you were doing replacement in the Lido up until about three weeks before it closed and yeah. that's all you were did that in the um one in Bordeaux right you weren't doing Mulan at that point no yeah I haven't done Mulan for a couple of years now so how how was that for you because you were there when they didn't know they knew it was sold but they didn't really know what was going on because I think when I was when I was there in April there was a thought it could close but it still felt like that's that's not going to happen that can't happen this is the Lido so how was that for you to be kind of coming in? You're still part of it. But I don't know how much of the news you were hearing. Um, when it started to be more scary that, oh, this really is going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of uncertainty. For me, it, it wasn't sure that it was going to stay. I felt like it could go either way. Like from what we were hearing, um, it was difficult. I find it kind of felt a little bit on the outside because I wasn't going in so often 
Yeah. But I was obviously hearing it from my friends and like for them, I know it was very, very intense and very difficult period with the uncertainty. Um, so I guess I'm lucky, I was luckier that I had other work and, you know, other avenues of income and things like that. Um, but it was still, I think you don't realize how much it's affecting you. And then you'll suddenly be like, why do I feel so sad? Or why do I feel so anxious? And then you're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> because your home is potentially going to close. <laughs> So. Yeah, there was a picture that, is it Anna, Annabelle Proud? Is that right, Annabelle Proud? Yeah. That yeah. she posted and then I reshared um, that was of the dressing rooms. And it was a, yeah. a plaque of the girl. I don't even, I don't read French, but it looked like it was something goodbye to Lido or something like that with the girl's head down. And that picture, when I shared it, that's the thing that hits everybody because seeing the dressing rooms empty the yeah, show ends and it feels like you move on another show is going to come in there or something but seeing the dressing room empty and then someone posted a picture of the chain link fence in front of the Lido yeah down I went, yeah. I went oh I just yeah, feel those visuals it. are so intense I've seen a video as well where like the lights are going off on the inside and then the lights of the Lido on the outside are switched off and it's like what oh my gosh wow. yeah get so you. So you're feeling this because it still affects you because that's your community. That's the show that you're in and you love and it's, you know, income and what's next. But I know like that's, yeah, to come in partway through to still be part of it, but not be, because I feel like it must be super intense. And I got to watch the rehearsal the week before for the new thing they put for the pre-show where they had the video, which is beautiful. But to watch the dancers just giving everything and then just have a moment where they you know, tear up a little bit and then they'd be finding someone over here. So to watch that, because I met up with someone who danced there in the eighties and we went down the stage for the pre-show to dance. And then I, I go, look, turn and look and look at like, this was your view. And he started crying because it's like, I, this is what I saw for, you know, is from that view, the, the backstage, but also not watching the show, how we did looking in, but to stand on the stage, looking out. And like, yeah. this is what I looked at for all these nights and so to watch the dancers in rehearsals take those moments and look at the light booth and the booth, it was just it was it felt sacred to be in there like we want to be really quiet and like just observe but I feel like yeah to see this part of history where they're still having moments of joy and watching yeah, them give everything strange, in the huh? show and also have moments where this is so sad and I think they felt very very loved on those last few shows the audiences that came like they were just pouring love for this cast is so to have all these emotions at the same time and then now it probably is hitting hard because they haven't been able to go back in there and now all those things are going to be coming out in different ways yeah now's like the processing time i think yeah how's that been for you because you you weren't there for the last part and you and like you said you could have come and watched but also you had your last goodbye so can you share a little bit? It was like leading up to that, knowing this is my last show, like how that was to process and get ready for and feel, and then, you know, walk out of that dressing room for the last time. Yeah. So I got my date for July, my one date to work in July. And um, it was still at the time where it was like, we, we knew it was 
closing, but we didn't know when because they were negotiating all these things, when it's going to close. Yeah. And I was like, is this going to be my last one? I don't know. Or is it going to continue into August? And the word, the word on the street was that it was going to close the end of July. So I just took the decision myself that that was going to be my last one on the 9th of July, like no matter what happened. And actually they did offer me a date afterwards after I'd already done my last one they were like can you work and I was like no like I've done for me I've done it I've said goodbye I've had my moment uh, I got flowers I got the kisses on the face you know that you get when you leave and um, so I couldn't then go back again I was like no that's for me that's done I've had my time and um and then obviously again we didn't know when the last one was going to be so I booked my holiday I was like I'm just going to choose here because my boyfriend only has five weeks off because he's a dancer as well so we only have a set amount of time we can go on holiday so I was like I'm going to go on holiday here and of course it was when the last show was and I just decided to leave it and to enjoy my holiday we raised a glass to me and my boyfriend <laughs> when it was the start of the last show we were like cue all the bluebells and the Kelly boys and we thought about everybody but I'm kind of happy that I had my my moment, my last show, and yeah, that's the way oh. I to deal with it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I knew I had heard August twelfth, and I don't even know if these these dates were really anything valid, or people start it and then people like, oh, it's gonna be August. And I had this feeling I don't think I want to wait just in case it's earlier. And so I made it by one week. So I didn't see the last show, but I saw the last the Thursday, which was a week before the last public show. So it was just you know I thought, what if I get there and I missed it? But I couldn't go yeah. any earlier, but it was, you know, we didn't know. So when you did it on the ninth, they hadn't said the final date yet, right? Uh, I think they had by then, but um, just even in like a week or two before it wasn't, because they had to vote on when it was going to be. Yeah, I think it was just before that. And I just, yeah, I just had a feeling I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to do it then. Yeah. Well, because I heard a couple people say it was almost better to have the final date because dragging it out was hard in some way because you know it's going to end. So it's not going to be any less sad. It's just that if you knew, okay, this is it, we're going to give everything for, for this amount of time. This is our last one. Or like maybe hoping it could keep going. But when it was actually announced, I heard some people feel relieved. So they got to just have their sadness just happen instead of this delayed waiting for it how was that for you to know okay this really is my last show I don't have to wonder if I'm if this is going to drag on and um it was such a mix of emotions yeah <laughs> um I found myself quite anxious like the day before because it's something so like monu monumental monumental yeah <laughs> um I didn't expect to feel kind of the way that I felt it was yeah I was ner really nervous as well which is weird I guess because it's been such a huge part of my life like the reason I live where I live um but then when the evening came I had like so much adrenaline um but just pure gratitude and joy and like I was really able to soak it all in which was amazing yeah I was really happy oh. Yeah. wow yeah because did you have any different presence in your mind like this is it to, to pay attention different or are you just soaked up the gratitude and 
because you still have a show to do and you can't, you know, you can burst into like sudden joy and, set, and emotions, but there you still have to put on a beautiful show. And yeah, I thought I was going to be really emotional, but it was more in a happy way, which was really nice. Um, no, I just was like, this is my last opening. And I was like looking at the audience and like giving everything that you've got to give. Um, so at the end of the show, I was dead. <laughs> but um, yeah, and then I was opposite. I like just asked to do certain places because I had my friends in the audience so I'd be nearer them, nearer the front. And um, also for the finale, I wanted to be like opposite my best friend so that we'd have these moments where we could look at each other. And yeah, just really enjoy Oh, I'd love that. Yeah. And people accommodate and move around and let you do that. Yeah. Is that like, on someone's last can, night? Yeah. Is that kind of a thing for last nights? If you, you if it's your last night in the show, you get to have a little bit more choice. Yeah, if you, if you know... If you know the different places, yeah, then and people other and other people know different places as well. If they, the captain can make it work, then yeah, they do all they can to make it the best experience for you, which it was. So I'm really grateful for that. Did you have any audience, like friends and family, that had not seen the show before on your last night, or was it people who've known you as a Lido dancer that were there to celebrate with you? Uh, yeah, no, just people who had already seen me do it before but it was still really special and like they stood up for me and they were like cheering <laughs> oh that's so good yeah and then at the end of the show everyone like gave a big clap and we took photos together because I think it was the last night of the strap act as well so it was their last show and then it was another I think it was Eve last night doing sublime actually but it was that night so we all got a big round of applause and we all got a photo together at the end oh. of the show on the stairs so that must have, that was starting then and maybe before, because then I'm watching posts like this is my last, like people were having their last night that same week or even a couple of weeks before. So there was all these slow trickles of goodbyes, which maybe yeah. it made it a good preparation for that, that very last one to say goodbye a little at a time instead of everybody at once. So you got to have, you got to have your special moment instead of, I mean, with everybody would have been beautiful, but to have your own feels yeah really sweet. And I always remember with um, COVID, you know, it's all been going on, hasn't it? Um, <laughs> I was just so upset that that chance was taken away from me. That, um, I mean, it's still been taken away in a way, but um, like that we didn't have that last. I've always watched people choose to leave and have their last night and have that moment. I've watched so many friends do that and it always seems so special. And I was like, I felt like I'd been cheated out of it with COVID coming along and we didn't know what was going to happen, if the leader was going to reopen. And that upset me the most, to be honest with you. So it has been nice to at least have that, you know, that moment. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that part. <laughs> uh, Miles yeah. Riley, he's, he, he was in Panache in the 80s. He came the week I was there and then we had Elizabeth Phillips who is 82 who danced uh, on tour, the Italian tour with Miss Bluebell. So we all met up together to see the show together and it felt really wonderful to share that with these different generations of Bluebells. Um, but Miles said something like you, a dancer dies two deaths, like when your dance career ends and then he's, you know, when you die, he said, but I feel like there's a third one that's when this institution dies. 
you know, like there yeah. was the, the Ziegfeld Follies, like that ended, but then Don Arden brought it back in a different way with Miss Bluebell and it created all these other shows that happened, but that it feels like a third death of if your dance career ends, but then the place that you always connected, like everybody's still connected with the Lido, even though they're like older and that was years ago, they still had this attachment. So when that ends, it's like another death. Yeah. And, okay. and also the, it's almost as beautiful and so sad that because with COVID there was no choice like and talking to people during COVID not no, I mean hoping it would come back but the longer it stretched out it felt like the possibility like maybe that choice was taken away I didn't get to end how I want and then to come back and there's all this excitement but I'm glad I mean I hope everyone's glad they got to come back and at least do it again but then it was also like another another retirement another death not by choice because I think the enthusiasm yeah. that people came back with so much gratitude and then to soon find out it was sold and that to not know. Yeah, and then the say, we came back, we got to be the last bluebells. We went out strong, but twice our choice was taken away. Yeah, it's been a very challenging and very difficult time, I think, for the hair get upset. <laughs> no, we've for been the, having um... tears all over the place. For this. <laughs> okay, that's right. I'll let them out. <laughs> Um, for the current cast, the, everything that everyone's been going through. Yeah, because it's, it's our passion as well, isn't it? It's like who we are. And yeah, it's taken away one time. And then, yeah, as you said, we're so happy to be back, to be there in front of our public, living our best life. And then literally <laughs> a few months later, it's taken away again. And it's like, are you serious? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, at the same time, there is still so much gratitude and love for what we do and appreciation that we have been able to do it again so, yeah it's been difficult <laughs> yeah and I know like I've interviewed I don't know how many people from all these decades and there is this grief of ending that you just can't escape I mean some people like I'm pregnant a baby and then moving on and then later they go oh I think I didn't really you know because you can't do this forever but you know you go out <laughs> from an injury and you know a lot of times that choice a lot of times it was the choice. Like I'm done. I've done all I could do and I'm, I'm, I'm ready to move on. But a lot of times there's just something that it's just, it's a sad reality of being a dancer is you don't get to do it until, you know, 60 or 80 and you so get your retirement watch and there you go. So yeah. you, what was it like in the dressing room? Because I know it, I heard it first, there's just a lot of anger and disbelief and all those emotions. And then to come backstage that could fire it up, but also, you know, I've heard like somebody might be crying and like, okay, we'll attend to that or like the gratitude. And then there was also the protest. I don't know if you were there for that when out dancing in front of the Lido, maybe there's hope to save it and get all the, the petition signed. And so that emotional thing. So what was that like coming into work? Was, was it just free reign, feel all your feels or like, no, we're going to try to do this. Or was there any kind of spoken something of how, how it would be backstage so that you can do a good show? Um, well, I mean, I wasn't there that often, um, but yeah, when I did come in, the the energy was definitely, it was tense and it was low. People weren't obviously feeling good because they were dealing with all of this. Um, and I think there were moments where people had to stop, take a moment out of the show, have a little cry and then go back in the show. <laughs> And this was like fully supported by management who were great and they understood. I mean, it's the same for them. The people who are in management, like Jane and Jeremy and Petra, they've gone through what we've gone through in terms of they've 
been dancers, so they know. And yeah. they've been a part of the Lido family and heritage for so long. So they were very kind and understanding. They're like, you do what you need to do. If you need time off, that's fine. We understand. And the captains were all very helpful. But yeah, fortunately for me, I because I was just going in now and then, I was literally just grateful to be there and kind of trying to enjoy as much as I could. So obviously, it's very different for the people who are there, you know, day in, day out, week in, week out. It's much heavier for them, I think. Yeah. Wow. And so you've been a part of, of a lot of great things. How would, I mean, and not, and not to compare positive and negative, but there's the Mulan energy, the Lido, there's all the, you've got the small cabaret, the Cirque. Is that in Spain? Did I get that right? Cirque de, I uh, want to say Cirque de Bear because that's not right. <laughs> Cirque de Bear. No, it's in Paris as well. Oh, it um, is. Okay. But I have worked in Spain as well. So that was ages ago. <laughs> Is there something, what, what feels different about the Lido? Because, you, because you've been to different ones. Like a lot of people, that's mainly where they were. But if you get to see the different, you know, what it feels like in a theater or how it is to perform in a certain place, what, what is it about the Lido that's different? Um, yeah, I mean, they're all special. They all have their special energies. And I've felt happy at all of them. And um, I think Lido... I worked there for the longest is also one of them and especially with well I can only speak for the bluebells and there's just something special amongst that team like we're very supportive of each other and non-judgmental and we all get along there's no nastiness which can sometimes arise between girls working together Um, and as I said before like the management and the way it's run I've just it just felt like home and more comfortable and more understanding there. I have deeper connections with the people there. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, when I was there in April, I got to do a backstage tour that Jeremy and Jane took took me, and then I got to bring. I brought a dancer there to audition, so she got to see the backstage and the costume areas. It was wonderful. And then Eve and uh, oh my gosh, Renee came back with this. And so we, you know, they're giving all the details, but then in the dressing room, Jane was just talking about what it was like coming back from COVID. And it wasn't just, we have a show to do, which she can tell she runs a tight ship there, but she was also saying people, you know, they've, they've lost what they got to do. They were deprived of getting to dance during COVID. So you talked about the emotional part and making sure people are well, physically, emotionally to come back. And I, that part stuck with me so much because to have management that cares for the well-being, <laughs> your emotional, it just feels, it's not, a, it's not everywhere, but it made me feel hearing that it's closing. Okay. These dancers, singers, they're in good, they're in good hands. They've got a management that is help, not just expect them just to turn off the emotion. I love how you said that there was a, an allowance to feel what you need to feel. Take a moment, take a breath. That's just so healthy. And then later, I think it's going to help with, with the processing instead of like, we, I wasn't allowed to feel, and now it's all going to, everywhere that it kind of got to happen in the process and have moments of joy and that's when I was watching the rehearsal even though there was tears it looked like there was so much gratitude and joy I just see people looking around at their friends on stage and you know like oh this is the last time but oh my gosh like I felt like there was a lot I mean all the emotions were there but it like okay at least there's some space for gratitude yeah and the joy like I got to do this yeah, because I think 
the sadness and the grief comes from love you know like having such strong feelings of love and appreciation for a place and a family and a time that you're so sad to be losing what you love you know yeah. it's kind of oh. like beautiful at the same time as being really sad <laughs> Yeah, that, that just gave me chills that because that is like when you lose someone, the grief is bigger than like, well, I don't really care about them because I've done shows that when I left, I was not particularly sad. I had a yeah. good time and it was great, but it's where you're more invested that that grief goes deeper because there's just so much that has been a part of your heart. It's not just your job. Yeah, so in, the, in a way, I'm kind of grateful that I am that sad and that, you know. It meant it meant meant a lot. Yeah, and then she cries again. <laughs> <laughs> we were I've done a few like when I and Miles and I were we did a process and we were in Paris and we had just seen the show we saw the rehearsal so we interviewed each other. First question he asked me I went oh no and I just like started crying and so we just like why we don't have to apologize for crying this is sad and right. it just feels yeah. like oh yeah this is of course the response and so like it's all great because when people just like everything's fine I'm like I don't think I don't think your heart's there. <laughs> might not have tapped into that yet so I think it's really beautiful to you know people will listen to this and probably cry along with you because it's it's collectively sad yeah when I was on the beach on like the Friday and Saturday I literally had my sunglasses on the whole day and I was just crying underneath my sunglasses (laughs) and you get to do it so is and your boyfriend's a dancer yeah he's a ballet dancer at Paris Opera really oh my gosh Wow. Was he, okay. I saw, um, by a deer when I was there in April, was he in that? Yes. Really? Oh my gosh. That's a beautiful company. Yeah. Wow. That's the first time I've ever seen, I had not even seen him on video. I I saw the performance like this, this is beautiful. Wow. So he gets the dancer life. He knows it's not a forever thing. And so to have a, a partner that understands different than if it was somebody from a different career that might not understand that this isn't just your job this is your heart this is every everything there's a little girl that's been a part of you yeah he gets it completely which is fine and it's also nice because it's not the same style of dancing or exactly the same lifestyle well similar lifestyle but the differences so we have similarities but differences so it, it works well yeah how did you guys meet um on Instagram. <laughs> oh, really? I just own a ballet class, of course. No, uh, I don't think we'd be in the same ballet class. <laughs> um, sadly, uh, no. I started following him on Instagram because I thought he was an interesting person, like a long time ago. And then he got a kitten, and then that was the end. I started messaging him about his kitten, <laughs> and oh. then we started talking, and oh, then I know. And then we messed up. It was during COVID, during lockdown. And yeah, since then, we've been together. Oh, good things happened in COVID. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Huh. So you also, during COVID, you were teaching yoga and fine. Because that's what I'm amazed. Like people just found ways to still be creative. Because if you're a creative person, when your source is taken away, but teaching is creative and you're keeping your body moving because that's a lot of people telling to get back and do that show you can't you couldn't have just been watching Netflix and eating during this break and and be able to come back and do the show were you were you yoga certified before I think in your interview you were in process of that or were you already yoga no I'd already done it yeah in 2018 
So that's yeah, something you can still do. Time. Yeah, I'm doing that, and I also teach bar fit, bar fitness classes and cabaret heels, and another one called cardio flash dance, which is more aerobic. <laughs> so what is in that class? I want to talk about your classes. So what is cardio flash dance? Um, so it's like an aerobic workout uh, with music from the eighties, and we just do cool dance moves. You know, so it gets the heart rate up works for heart and lungs but it's fun which is what people look for in a workout I think oh my gosh do you ever do any on very Zoom? Uh, is that I kind haven't of a past thing yeah I would jump I would jump in for that one because I'm from the 80s but I also don't go to aerobics anymore because just hurts all the joints but dancing it is different and yeah. then cabaret heels because I talked to Christopher Ren from when I was there he talked a lot about cabaret and he'll like cabaret classes because showgirl classes and cabaret could be similar because both of those words I think are highly misunderstood. And I wanted to ask you what you think of showgirl is because I've just done a series that comes out next week with, I think about like nine different contributor, different voices of different decades. Paris and Vegas is different of what they think a showgirl is. But when I saw you post that, I go, you're proudly calling it showgirl. And I interviewed Eve and Charlotte that they own this world own the word showgirl different than we did I never we never knew we were called showgirls until I wasn't doing it I knew I was the tall new that wore showgirl pieces in some of the numbers but never would have called myself a showgirl but I feel like the people I've talked in your show own that word with a lot of dignity and there's no apology attached to that word no I think we're proud even yeah I am a showgirl (laughs) yeah is that, do you know, do you think you know what that is? Is that something that the show has made honorable or Paris understands that you don't have to um, give a disclaimer? No, I'm really a dancer. Like it feels like it's known if you're a showgirl, you dance. I don't know if it's a Parisian thing or that's a newer generation thing that a showgirl dances. They don't just walk around. Um, I'm not entirely sure. I think for sure it's known in Paris like whenever you say you work at the leader or the Mulan people are always impressed and wowed um and like when you teach and you say like I'm an ex-leader dancer or like that has the prestige about it maybe in other places like like in England I think they'll be like oh what what's that or yeah what does that mean yeah there's probably (laughs) maybe still a bit of that there I'm not sure but definitely here in France with the home of cabaret it's like wow okay that's cool let's let's talk about that so when you teach a show when you were calling your first at first you were calling it a showgirl class weren't you so the class I started myself my own class I call it showgirl heels yeah and then I teach other classes at studios like for for studios and their cabaret heels but very similar yeah. okay so when you're teaching a showgirl or a cabaret heels class what is it that you're teaching because that was one thing we talked before we recorded that it's not just putting heels on and doing choreography. There's more of a skill set, an art, a history. So what is, I mean, even for you to proudly say I'm teaching this, what is it that you're focusing and that you want your students to get? Um, So it's a mixture of things. There's definitely the showgirl technique. So we will do a warm up, and I will include plies and tondis because for me it's important for the line of the legs in your heels. Um, then we put heels on and we do kind of the bevel and the hips and how to do that and how to make yourself look tall and elegant and 
find the lines and we do walks of course <laughs> very important part mm-hmm. um and it's interesting how many different types of walks there are i've seen other heels classes there's a lot of so many heels classes in paris now there's more like commercial heels, yeah. and they really strut like Whereas I feel like a showgirl walk is more, I say elegant, but it is more elegant. <laughs> and it's more of a glide, I think, because you're not. Yeah. The contemporary one is a lot of a heel strike and yeah, a more exactly. balance, where I'm always teaching yeah. you don't really put your heel all the way down. It's yeah, all in the ball of the foot. Exactly. Yeah. But in my class, I try to do a bit of both, depending on the choreography that I'm going to teach. So I try to teach a bit of a mixture, so some classic showgirl where you imagine you've got your feathers on and you're tall and glamorous and then more kind of sexy routines and then I would do more of a heel first strut um but for me because it's more for beginners it's also about the sense of female empowerment and body confidence and how they feel about themselves that's a big part of it for me the important uh-huh. part <laughs> there's a gal I did her interview comes up pretty soon in Vegas so she teaches showgirl boot camp and a lot of times as girls that come to Vegas for like a bachelorette party or something and they go what is this and then some she said there's women like I don't do that I don't want to get all fancy I'm not a girly girl and then they put the she does the headdresses for them she does a lot about the costume and the makeup but she just talks about this transformation that you see like all this and they're standing taller and they feel confident there's something you can tell them, but when they actually experience it, you see something. Yeah. Who are the people that come to you? Do you know what, why they're choosing this? Or if you said they're beginners, they just see the title showgirl, like, or is it, are you in a dance studio or a gym? I'm always curious, like who gravitates to this type of style? Um, yeah, so it's, I rent a studio and I have a mixture of like my community that I already created, like my yoga community who come to like support me really and then they find they enjoy it and then there's girls who are curious about cabaret or there's some who just want to move in a sexy way like learn how to move in a nice way yeah so a mix of people yeah who like to dance but they're not like professional dancers they're amateur dancers but they get a lot of enjoyment out of it and they like that style because it makes them feel feminine and strong and yeah that's so good I've taught I've taught quite a few showgirl series since I came back from the reunion but I had taught it a little bit before but now I think we are understanding I we want to keep sharing the style because we can't take for granted it's there but even beautifully trained ballerinas dancers who've danced forever when they do it it's harder than they think you know, you can't yeah. stand with your legs turned out. <laughs> so even just the stance is different muscles. And like, I'm always training people not to sit in their hip. Cause that's kind of like, oh, that's sexy is to sit in your hip. I like, know you actually lift out of your hip, but they're sweating just doing the walks. And like, and I'm always thinking I'm not giving them enough when I first do it. They go, this is hard. I'm like, that's right. Don't try to get to the choreography. The walks are, that's what you want to base it on. But it is, I always forget that it's harder than it is because when you do it for a while, it's not that hard. But when you were first learning it, like when you became a showgirl, that probably wasn't just, oh, got it. It's a, it's yeah, a bit of a, a struggle. Lot, yeah. It's a technique. Yeah. Yeah. It's a yeah. Technique. And I shared a video on my Instagram about how do's and don'ts for a bevel. And um, I got a lot of shares. I was like really surprised. I was quite happy. 
and someone said see every form of dance has its own technique which is true like sometimes you just look at it and you think a dance technique is e a form of dance is easy but for sure every form of dance has a technique that you need to learn and takes time to learn yeah well I think there's a lot more respect when people try it and then you yeah. put, if you put a headdress on, I'm like, how do you walk in this? I'm like, there you go. You have to pull up and there's all these other things, how you elongate your arms. Cause you've got like either rhinestones or you've got other things. So when they experience that, I think there's a lot more respect for that. This isn't just easy. Prancing around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was prancing. When you do cabaret heels, is there anything different or you just change the name or is there a different element? Cause I was actually thinking of, of teaching that and I started writing down like what I would teach. I would have a showgirl in it, but when you call it cabaret, does that change a little bit of what you're going to do in that class? Um, generally, the studios that I teach at prefer a more sexy routine, like the women who go. That's what they go for to feel like sensual and get yeah. that side of them. So it still has like technique, of course. <laughs> but not so much of a classic showgirl. Like, you still like cross the legs and find lines that look really sexy, but it's more the music I would choose and the choreography would be more sexy because that's what they prefer. Yeah. I've, I've, tried, I've done both and yeah, they definitely prefer a sexy routine. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a choreographer? Is that come easy to you to come up with, with choreography for classes? And it depends on the day. <laughs> Sometimes it just flows out and other times I spend like an hour and a half and I get nowhere. I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, I enjoy it, definitely. I don't know if I'm a full choreographer, but I definitely like, enjoy it, yeah. Well, and that's I think with Showgirl, when I have choreography, I don't, not to give so much choreography because then they don't, you don't get to really feel the, style and it's it starts to look like everything else so i feel like to put less pressure on myself if it's showgirl it's not if you give them choreography they revert back to just doing a regular combo but when they get to like walk and stand then i think they start to feel the showgirl more than like i gotta kick and turn and all that stuff and then they forget what How? we're working yeah. on because they're trying to think of choreography as opposed to like well when you do your turn how are you pulling out of that and finishing your line and so to end, this was so good to reconnect with you. And I also wanted to thank you because when I did the Bluebells Around the World and I asked everybody who I've had on the, on the podcast to send a video and we put it all together. I'm not sure we were somewhere beautiful outside. It looked like some. Yeah, I was in Bordeaux in Jardin Public, I think. My family were visiting and I was like, can you just take a quick video of me? It was wonderful. And I'm like, your style is so beautiful. I was just thank you that you can, thankful you can create God, I can't talk today, contributed to that because it just shows these younger bluebells, you know, that there's just this elegance and grace that keeps going. So because the Lido closes doesn't mean that this style is going away. You're teaching it. People are feeling the importance to tell their story, show their photos. It's interesting. Everybody was posting their, their um, Lido pictures and their bluebell pictures the last couple of weeks. So I don't know if you saw that because I'm on with all the older everybody's pulling up their pictures and they're revisiting like what it felt like to be that. Cause you know, you kind of forget when you go back, you know, in your regular work life that you don't get to wear those costumes and be on that stage. Mm -hmm. What is it for you of taking forward into your life? It doesn't have to be on the stage of, of that beauty of being a showgirl. 
that just goes into regular life with you? That's a good question. Um, for sure, like the teamwork is gonna go through with me. Um, that's probably just a self-confidence as well that really yeah that it brings you and the way like you stand and carry yourself I think you can't take that out of a, a showgirl or a dancer can you you guys are all of a sudden be slouching because you're not showgirls <laughs> yeah bad postures out in the street yeah and then just the memories and the love is just always going to be in there oh forward and i think there'll still be reunions because we had our last one and saw the lido show but just because there's no show i think that the bluebell reunions will keep going and as some of the other generations are passing we've just lost so many in this last couple years that you younger ones we just it's nice to know like when we die off it's done it's like no there's all these generations coming up that will keep keep that bluebell connection going and so I, I had one more question because you've done Bordeaux, you've done so many shows that are on, on different scales as far as size, style. And I really, you know, if the Lido closes, I think some of us believe it can come back. I think that maybe they just realized that they threw away something good and maybe it will come back. I haven't given up hope, but there is still new things being created. I talked to Christopher Renfrew. I just know there's, even within just the Lido, there's all these talented people that choreograph, design costumes, that they have connections in Paris. But then it was interesting to hear, like, how could it be, you know, like in a small cabaret or a big cabaret, I talked to Christopher about diversity of styles and, and body types and, and um, race that it could be more, it, it could just be, there's so many ways it can go. And so when you, when you do your show in Bordeaux, that's a smaller, but beautiful. And so it can be intimate. Like for you to keep doing cabaret, is there something that you can see as a future cabaret that the Lido closing doesn't mean the end, it just means new things might emerge yeah for sure but there's already a lot of new cabarets like small cabarets throughout France so when um Accor tried to say that the showgirl world was dying I was like that's so not true (laughs) (laughs) that's not true at all don't lie um (laughs) it's so it's still there the magic is still there so maybe it's gonna continue as that for now in smaller venues smaller cabarets and that way it's reaching more people which is nice yeah um maybe they'll do more of like a a lido show or a lido type show for i don't know like two or three months rather than like a full-time show like the lido has been that would be amazing if they just bring it around for like a short period of time um but as with all things in life, we definitely need more body diversity, more ethnic diversity. Or... Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd yeah. Like that. <laughs> I love that the conversation, it was getting there, but it also makes people go, oh, yeah, this is, this has been the same way. Like, oh, it could be this. I think that it'll be interesting with this generation of Lido, Bluebell, Showgirls, this type of creative minds it's not done I feel like things will and not just out of desperation to keep it going but to like oh we we can reimagine and I love what what I've heard from so many people in the cast they respect the 
the past. It's not like, oh, that's so dated or passe. Even bringing back that new tableau is so wonderful oh, yeah. because it's so fun to see that. And I loved seeing this younger generation put on those huge costumes. And uh, it feels like there's a, a really good respect for the things that go all the way back. And so moving it forward too, that there'll always be this respect for what came out of Miss Bluebell, the Lido, Don Arden, Pierre Rambert, all these people that made it what it is, but that also is a path for more to keep going. It wasn't like they did it, no one else can do it. Yeah, for sure. As you said, there's so much creativity. I think it's gonna evolve. Like everyone's gonna carry it out and spread it in their own projects. Well, I hope so, their own projects. It'll be interesting to see what, what happens. Yeah. Well, I want to find when the people are doing that and then get their story out there because, okay, now I have to go back to Paris because now I have to see what else there is. But now I need to go to Spain and Germany because I had no idea, except for like you and other people that told me all these other shows that I, a lot of us had no idea because I've been sharing it with them and they go, we didn't know there was this still going on. So, you know, maybe now that everybody's alert to it going away, we're like, oh, we can go support this and Maybe, you yeah. know, get people excited about it, to, that there are people still making it happen. Exactly. Yeah, because in Germany, it's the same. They're like little pop-up shows and they're not huge shows and they pop up for a few months. So that seems to be what how it is for now. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Next time I make it to Paris, I will see you in a show either yes, in Bordeaux <laughs> or wherever because like it's going to work out because I really was, I want to see you in it. And I really was curious of how that works because nobody that I know has a budget like the Lido or like Vegas had like there's a way to do this on a smaller scale and be just as beautiful and but have a different intimate experience so. yeah definitely so I'll be following your journey and also uh we maybe is it okay if we share your Instagram the bevel thing because I think that's great absolutely yeah okay so I'll, I'll find find you later I'll and, and uh, find yeah. a way to to link that so Kate, thank you so much. I'm glad that you got to have a, a celebratory last show. You got to have that for you because that's that's really good to hear. Yeah, especially. <laughs> thank, you. thank you so much. Thank you.